I will be reading from the King James Version and I would like us to open our text in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 29. 2 Chronicles chapter 29 verses 1 through 10. Oops, I am the first Chronicles. Chapter 29, verses 1 through 10. And it reads, Hezekiah began to reign when he was five and twenty years old, and he reigned nine and twenty years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zedekiah, Zechariah. And he did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that David his father has done. He, in the first year of his reign, in the first month, opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. And he brought the priests and the Levites and gathered them together into the street and said unto them, Hear me, ye Levites, sanctify now yourselves and sanctify the house of the Lord, God of your fathers, and carry forth the filthiness out of the holy place. For our fathers have trespassed and done that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord our God, and have forsaken him, and have turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord, and turned their backs. Also, they have shut up the door of the ports, and put up the lamps, and have not burned incense nor offered burnt offering in the holy place unto the God of Israel. Wherefore, the wrath of the Lord was upon Judah and Jerusalem, and he hath delivered them to trouble, in astonishment, and to hissing, as you see with your eyes. For lo, our fathers have fallen by the sword, and our sons and daughters and our wives are in captivity for this. Now, it is my heart to make a covenant with the Lord, God of Israel, that his fierce wrath may turn away from us. Well, this is a very timely message. Because this is still New Year. I still hear a lot of people, especially those ones that we have not seen. Uh, during the New Year celebration that we did, wherever we did it. And I still greet people, Happy New Year also. So, this could be a very timely message. And the passage is pretty much like talking to me as I prepare it. Because it says, the first, the first month of the first year when he reigned. But, um, I'm not sure if everybody here knows King Hezekiah. If not, let me just give a little background of who he is. Just a little bit. After the, the kingdoms were split, King Hezekiah was one of the richest. 
You might say, well, isn't it Solomon that's the richest king of Israel? Yes, he is the richest king of Israel, but remember Solomon reigned when still a united kingdom. This is during the time when the kingdom has been split from the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom already. And Hezekiah was one, was the richest king until then. And as we read in verse 2, he did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. And what else did Hezekiah did? He is one of the writers of some of the Psalms in the Book of Psalms. And he organized the greatest Passover celebration until his time. So that's just a little background of who King Hezekiah is. He's the number 13 king of Judah. Now, let's proceed to our message. And it says here, In verse 3, he, in the first year of his reign, in the first month, first year of his reign, when he was 25 years old, in the first month, he opened the door of the temple. Why did he do that? Remember, like I said, this is during the chaotic kingdom. And the, the temple that Solomon built, was a splendid one, but because of wars, the place, the temple itself has been looted, has been destroyed, has been corrupted, and that's why there's a lot of kings and queens that reigned and not all of them did the will of the Lord or did what is right in the eyes of God. Now King Hezekiah wanted to do wise right in the eyes of God. And what did he do first? He went over to the temple and opened the doors. Not only that, he started repairing. It's New Year and I know a lot of us, whether we like it or not, have some goals in our life. May have some may have set some goals for this year. Or else, if we don't, it will be a very boring year for us. I do have set goals that I wanted to happen. I wanted to uh, fulfill for this year. Maybe that's why uh, whenever we greet somebody, usually we would say Happy New Year or have a prosper or so on. Or, and those are the ones that we wanted to happen to us that they prosper for the year, right? Especially to our loved ones. Especially to those ones that we think are in need. We want them to prosper. We want them to be happy for the year. We want them to be healthy for the year. Away from sickness and everything else. 
Well, some of course, like I know a lot of people, after all the parties would say, I'm going and this is my son, one of my son said, okay, uh, I asked him once, what is your goal for this year? And he said, I'm going to lose weight, Papa. And he's like a teenager, he's 13 years old, and he's concerned about losing weight. And he's not bad. But I said, will you be able to do that? And usually if that is our goal, I don't know, a lot of people fail. But what about having a desire about a godly desire? How about having a desire to grow in the Lord? How about having a desire for a revival? It could be a personal revival for us, ourselves, for our family, especially if some members of our family are not saved yet, or for our revival for this church. Are we happy that uh, this is just the number of people that comes? How about desiring that God will just pour out souls and fill up this chapel in Guantanamo? How about that desire? And Hezekiah has the desire. And what he did? First month of his first year as he reigned, opened the doors of the temple. That is very important. How about us? See, it's just the second Sunday of the year. How about starting to open the temples of our heart? I remember chapter now, chapter Moses. Before Christmas, he preached. Before Brother Brad preached, remember, he preached about the dedication of the temple. That temple was dedicated by Solomon. Which other temple has God dwelt in? It's a temple of our hearts. And I would like to, as you open in First Corinthians chapter, First Corinthians chapter three, in sixteen it says, "Know ye not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you." Remember uh, what did God tell David that he doesn't dwell in dwellings made by man. But when Solomon built the temple for God, it is so grand, it's just so magnificent that God said he will dwell in the house that Solomon will build. And that was the temple that King Hezekiah opened on the first month of his reign. Because it has been looted, it has been destroyed, but he opened doors. Same thing with us. If we claim, like what the Bible just said in 1 Corinthians, 
that we are the temple of God, if our heart is the temple of God, then why don't we just come? The second week of the year, why don't we start and open the doors to that temple? And what are we going to do then? Repair it. That's what Hezekiah did. I know that not everything that we did in 2011 is pleasing to the Lord, is it? Can anybody claim that they did all that is pleasing or right in the eyes of God? Can anybody raise their hands and claim that? I don't think so. Not me, not anybody here. We all make mistakes. And a lot of times, it's not easy to actually do the will of the Lord. But if we do come and have the desire like in Hezekiah, come on, open the doors of your heart. And what did he do after that? When he start preparing, did he just go inside and start throwing away the lumber and arranging furniture? No. Let us read on in verses 4 and 5, it says, in our text, verses 4 and 5, And he brought in the priests and the Levites and gathered them together in the east street, and said to them, Hear me, you Levites, sanctify now yourselves, and sanctify the house of the Lord, God of your fathers, and carry out the filthiness out of the whole place. That's what he did. He called the priests, he called the Levites. And what did he say? Hear me now, you priests and Levites. The first thing he asked is, sanctify yourself. And what does that imply? That is also a calling for us. Why did I say that that is also a calling for us? Because I would like us to open our Bible in the book of 1 Peter in chapter 2 and verse 5. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. And it says, Ye also, as lightning stones, are filled up a spiritual house, and holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. What did that passage just say? That we are a royal priesthood. That's who God is calling to sanctify themselves. If you have a relationship, which I suppose each one of us has, then automatically we become part of that, the holy priesthood. And God is calling unto each one of us, saying, Sanctify now yourselves. What does that mean? Sanctification is a matter of cleansing. Before we can go on and sanctify the holy temple of God, has he 
Ayat said, sanctify yourselves first. Clean yourselves first. Of course, back then, for the priests, for the Levites to be sanctified, they had to do all these washing rituals, offering rituals, and all everything that they had to do. And then they would consider themselves cleansed. Uh, cleansed and they would be able to do that. What about us? What about us? And I, I said that we are also just like the priests back then and the Levites. Because the Bible said, this is not me, but the Bible said, we are our own priesthood. So God is calling to each one of us to sanctify ourselves. And then we can start and clean the temple. How do we do that? Well, for the priest, you have to do all this ritual washing and offering, killing of the bull or the goat, whatever, and then it will be clean. But for us, what do we do to sanctify ourselves? Do we also have to go through all the rituals that the priests back then have done? No. And this is what we are going to do. I would ask everyone to open their Bible in the book of 1 John 1.9. And a lot of us memorize this verse. And it says, we confess, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's all we need to do. Let us humble ourselves, confess our sins to God, because I'm sure there are some stuff that we have done last year that are not in accordance with His will, that are not pleasing into the eyes of God. Well, remember, sometimes our desires are not always in accordance with God's will. And sometimes I hear Brother Fred say, well, we pray for something. We pray that God would bless us. And God loves us so much. And He will. He will bless us. The problem with that is the moment the blessings start pouring in, sometimes we have this tendency to forget about where these blessings are coming from. And then we just are so filled with the blessings from the Lord that we forget that it is all coming from Him. And then we start claiming, well, everything that I have now is because of my abilities. I've worked hard so, I've worked hard for this. That's why I'm receiving all these blessings. We have forgotten. Just like um, what the Revelation book said, 
you have forsaken your first love. And it happens sometimes. I'm not saying all the time, but there are, we have that tendency. Maybe, maybe that's one of the reasons why there's not very many of us. But I'm not talking about our numbers. Sometimes we have this tendency to just uh, do many things that we, we think we can control. Well, do this a little bit. Uh, like, for example, uh, get a glass of wine here and there, a bottle of beer, and then before you know it, Instead of going to church on Sunday, you are going somewhere else where it's supposed to be. Another thing that might entice us is the technology that is happening in the world right now. We have this social networking thing, and it's very enticing and it's very nice. If we use it properly, it helps a lot. It helps me a lot. I talk to my family every day, but sometimes there are just little temptations in there. And then, if we devolve into that, we just get carried away, and eventually it leads to something else. And then it leads us astray from the Lord. It happens, I've known several people that has been involved with those men, God just didn't trust them. So, that's what King Hezekiah is encouraging Israelites. He said, sanctify yourself, cleanse yourself, and then throw out, carry out the filthiness out of the temple of the Lord. If this is the temple of the Lord that we consider nowadays, how do we carry out the filthiness that is in it? Okay, I would like us to open our Bible in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 21. And remember, I would like us to remember this. When Hezekiah said in verse 5, after he asked the Levites and the priests to sanctify themselves, he said, Carry forth the filthiness out of the holy place. Now let us go to James 1 in verse 21. And it says, Verse 1, verse Chapter 1, verse 21, and it says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of godliness, and receive with weakness the grafted word which is able to save your souls. In the Old Testament, Hezekiah is encouraging them to just carry out, throw out the trash. Uh, in the long ago, in our place, 
uh, just like scheduled uh, trust day for each street. And our trust day is Monday and Thursday. And the trust collector comes by 7 o'clock in the morning. When I was on vacation, I was on vacation, I thought, but before 7, my wife would tell me, bring up the trash that the trash collector stole to. So, so there will be no trash in the house. You have to take it out. Bring it out. And that's the same thing that James is saying in chapter 1, verse 21. It says, lay aside all filthiness, all that is trash in your life, put inside. So what is it that you consider trash in your life? I don't know, but you know, and God knows what it is. And God said, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of nothingness. And I look at it, I look at the dictionary and superfluity of nothingness. What is that? And it, and it says, Anything that is extra naughty. It's not something like what Santa Claus is saying. You're naughty or nice. No, you're not only naughty. You're super, extra super naughty. Take that out. Take that out of your life. You know what it is? I know. But our brother Fred doesn't know that. But God looks at our heart. And he said, he dwells in our heart. So, what are the things that the past kings and queens of Israel have done to the temple? They have looted it, they have corrupted it, they have burned down the things now. They have turned down the lands, stopped the offering. Nothing is happening in the temple that is pleasing in the eyes of God until Hezekiah opened the temple, start repairing it, and then I would like us to check back in Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles chapter twenty-nine, and let us read from verses fifteen through seventeen. Second Chronicles twenty-nine, fifteen through seventeen. There. And it says, And they gathered their brethren and sanctified themselves and came according to the commandment of the king by the words of the Lord to cleanse the house of the Lord. And the priest and the priest went to the inner part of the house of the Lord to cleanse. And brought up all that cleanness that they found in the temple of the Lord. Temple of the Lord. And into the court of the house of the Lord. And the Levites took it to carry it out or abroad into the broke kitchen. And they began with the first day, the first month to sanctify. And on the eighth of the month, 
came in to the courts of the Lord. So they sacrificed the house of the Lord in eight days, and in the sixteenth day of the first month, we made an end. So, just the cleaning alone of the temple took all the Levites, all the priests, after they have sanctified themselves, it took them sixteen days to cleanse the temple from all filth, from everything that was destroyed, to make it sparkle again, so that the light of the incense and the altar can be burned again, so that offerings can happen again. It took them sixteen days. And what I'm asking everybody here, if we are going to open the temple of our hearts is not going to happen overnight. Just like what happened with the temple of God, it would take some time. If it took them 16 days to cleanse up, to take out all the fitness, maybe it would take us longer to take out those addictions that we have in our life. Those things that we have come to like. Those things that are not pleasing to God and yet we like so much. We enjoy them. That's why we're doing them. It's not going to happen overnight just like that. But it doesn't matter. As long as we sanctify ourselves, then we can start taking out whatever trust in our life. Take it out, just like what it says in James, just lay apart all filthiness. Get rid of it. We have a lot of baggage, excess baggage, in our life. That God is not pleased. There's a lot of things in our life that we can offer to God, and He will be pleased. And all of us are going through these things. But just because it is the first month of the year, it will be nice, it will be good, if we desire to indeed have a revival. What really is revival? Brother Zoli, what really is a revival? What well, revival is something that that means that we have to revive something. Something that is dying. Remember, uh, if somebody is drowning, then you just take them out of the water. Let them usually do. You give them air. So this is God telling us. If our life is in a mess, it needs revival. If our family is not revived, it's not on fire for God, it needs revival. If this church that we are in is dying, we need to revive. We need to go out and start cleansing and start working, taking out all the filthiness. And then, we can have revival. And then, we can start after, if we read on to that passage in chapter 29 of Second Chronicles, 
after all these things are done by the priests and the Levites, then that's when Hezekiah uh, organized one of the most lavish Passover in Israel's history. Because then the candlelight will be light, will be lit, and then the offering will flow. And if you read them, they just offered so many bulls, so many goats, and so many offerings to cover their sins. We don't have to do that. Our sins are forgiven the moment we ask forgiveness from God, just like what we just read earlier. That if we confess our sins, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, not only to cover our trespasses, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, I mentioned that the Israelites offered so much, numbering a lot, bulls, goats, and whatever animals they have offered to God. Now, we don't have to do that. Just like I remember in our Bible study, Brother Nathan, he said, just raise the bar. When uh, we were studying about the Beatitudes, how Jesus said, uh, it was said in the old times, thou shalt not commit adultery. But then Jesus said, but I tell you, whoever looketh at a woman and lasted after her, he has committed adultery already. That's the word, already in his heart. And those are the things that God wants us to take out. Do we even have those desires? Are we even angry? For God, for Jesus said, well, in the old times it says, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. What did God say? What did Jesus say? Be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Can we do that? Are those, do we keep grass? Well, Jesus said, don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. So you ought to go to your brother or somebody, whoever has offended you, so that you will not be angry when the sun goes down. That's not my word. That's the word of God. Now, let us go back to this offering. Those priests, those Levites, offered a lot. And what does God require of us? Are we going to bring a bull? I don't see a bull here in Vietnam. Or a goat? Maybe banana wrap. But is that enough to cover our sins? Let us open our Bible and see what Brother Zoff is talking about. Let us open our Bible in Romans 12.1. And if you have heard me preach over here, I have caught this verse several times already. Romans 12, 1 and 2. And it says, This is what 
God wants us to offer to Him. Let's read on. Romans 12, 1-2 I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That is what God requires. He doesn't want the blood of goats. He doesn't want a dead zombie being laid in the altar and being burned. God wants us alive. He said, a living sacrifice. Holy. Acceptable. How do we be acceptable to God? We just discuss that. That is our reasonable service. And then, maybe, after doing all that, if the temple of God in our heart is already cleansed, we can start offering. And then, not only that, the praise will go out in the temple and it will please the Lord. We can worship again in this temple. If it has been corrupted last year, if it has been destroyed last year by anything, any circumstance, any situation, what is this time to open it, to sanctify ourselves, carry out the filthiness out of it, and then we can start our offering. We can start our praise our worship to the Lord in this temple. God will use us. God will use the temple of God that we have only if we offer it to Him. But if we are going to continue to just corrupt it again, just because it is the first month of the year, okay, Barisali, I am revived. I want to give God the praise, the glory. But after that, are we going to go back corrupting the temple again? That's not how it is supposed to be. It was granted when King Solomon dedicated the temple that God said, I will dwell in this house. God loves us so much that when we receive Jesus, the Holy Spirit dwelt in our hearts. That's why if there is anything that is corrupting, that is destroying this temple of God in our hearts, we ought to sanctify ourselves and take out all the filthiness that is in it. And then, on the day, I can say, we can have revival. Is it a personal revival that we desire? It is a family revival that we desire. It is a revival for these orchards that we decide. It can happen, but it has to start from each one of us, from me and from everyone that is here. Everyone that claims to have a relationship with Jesus. Everyone that claims that He is a temple of the Holy Spirit has to open the heart, open the temple, and sanctify ourselves 
And I'm not just telling this to you guys, I am telling this to myself. Because I myself am not perfect. This message spoke to me first. And then I delivered it. But this is the message from the Lord that it is our desire to need have revival, to indeed better serve the Lord than that's just like King Hezekiah did, open the temple, cleanse ourselves, and carry out all the problems, and the same time we will have revival for His church, for us, and for our family. Amen.